Hello, friends. So today I wanted to read you some more poetry. Um, I will be getting back to my normal type of posting soon, but um, kind of trying to continue down this thread of sharing my creative voice, um, which is something that I, I don't always do. I mean, with my students, I do. Like, I write poems and stories and tell stories or create stories for students and my children. But I rarely share my poetry and stories with adults. And some of my my things are very personal, like the one I shared last time. And the one I'm about to share today um, is really about, really from my own personal experience. I just want to be clear about that because oftentimes when it comes to the subject of race or mental health or autism, you know, people are often sharing what is being spoken about in media and elsewhere. Whereas for me, when I write about these things, it's about my personal experience, the things that I have kept to myself all my life. Um, just be clear. So, because so whatever your political leaning, whatever you think, please do not listen to my poetry and think, oh my goodness, he's just writing more propaganda for the left wing or the right wing or whoever wing. I don't even care. I'm a historian. That's a whole other subject we'll get into another day. Um, but I don't, I'm not a party person at all. But my poems are from my experience, my life, things that have been said to me, things that I have experienced only. Um, maybe one day I'll write for other voices, but for right now, it's really just my own voice. Okay, so with that intro, <laughs> um, this poem is called Unique, and this poem comes, well, you know, I'm just going to read the poem to you, let you experience it, and then I will talk about it after I read it. Okay, so this poem titled Unique. I'm sorry, I damaged your delicate, sensitive pride. I've broken the box that you put me inside. You told me that it would be best that I hide a box you called normals where I should reside. I promise, I'm sorry, I really did try. And it broke me. I don't get it. You act like my very existence is criminal. Can't help I'm unprecedented and original because I cannot see all the subliminal messages that normal people can see and the world is too bright, loud, and smelly for me. You say that the one who is broken is me. I'm tired of being told I'm the one who's defective. I'm tired of hearing that I am the problem. I can solve them says the man with a wrench and a big pair of pliers. I'll just reach in his head and pull out a few wires, rewrite his bad coding and rotate his tires. He hands him a colorful, shiny new flyer that says, if it's normal that you should desire and different is something that needs to expire and you need an ally with which to conspire, then I am the guy that your family must hire. After one week with me, he gave up and retired, said my situation is terribly dire. Here's my question. Why am I the one who has to change? Why am I the one in therapy for trauma caused by telling me, a fish, that I must climb a tree, 
as Einstein says, that's lunacy. So mind your business, let me be, for I'm quite happy with my me. The end. <laughs> um, so about a year and a half ago, I would, I've probably already said this, but about a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed autistic. And I am what people would consider high functioning because as anyone who's known me for the last few years or longer, if I told you that I learned I'm autistic, you would be like, what? But you don't seem autistic. And then there's some who know me very well and think about it like, oh, yeah. In fact, I often know how well someone knows me by how they respond to that news. Um, like my wife, for example, well, she she was the one who was like, thought I was autistic before anyone else did because she knows me better than everyone. Um, and then there were a few friends who I had told that to, and they were just like, oh my gosh, I to that makes total sense. That explains so many things. And then there are those like, you don't seem autistic. Like, well, yeah, because I try really hard to pretend to be normal. I don't tell you about the things that give me distress. I hide it. I keep it to myself because I learned that I had received the message that I was the problem. That if, you know, the lighting was bothering me or the clothes were too itchy or my socks were driving me crazy or, you know, just whatever it was, my sensory issues or my need, my routine, whatever it was, I was a problem and I had to just grow up and get over it. And so I would pretend to get over it, right? I tried to stay in that box called normal, right? Tried to hide my weirdness and obviously it didn't work because I kept breaking the boxes that my family, that the world, that schools, that church, that you name it, tried to put me in and I just keep breaking them because I don't know, I know how to be normal, but it's painful and it's very difficult. And so I struggle with that all my life. In every venue I've been in, either I cause problems or I just live with anxiety because I'm afraid to cause trouble and I want to quote unquote, be good. Um, you know, and then when you get to you know, and I say, like, act like my very existence is criminal, can't help, I'm unprecedented original. I can't, as a person of color, I've had to hear all my life, you know, comments from people that, you know, like, oh, you're not really black, or you're the whitest black person I've ever met, or all these kinds of things, because I didn't fit the stereotypes. And I knew that I was weird, not only as a person, but that I was weird as a person of color. But the thing is, I don't, I mean, if you tell me, oh, this is what black people are supposed to do or like, I'm not going to like it automatically. Like, I don't understand things like that. You know, just because it's a social norm, that isn't, that's not enough for me in reality. Now, I've learned that there are social norms I need to stick with so that I can be accepted, so that people won't look at me funny, so that I can have friends, or at least so that my family doesn't, you know, look at me strange. But deep down, I don't understand. And so it's always been this frustrating thing, this frustrating push and pull that I've had to deal with. And then that I can solve him, like that was, you know, so I started finding books, you know, on 
well, not a book's called How to Be Normal, right? But, you know, books on masculinity or books on, you know, behavior and how to be successful at work. And, you know, and so these different things I've read where, you know, people try to help me be normal and it just, it doesn't stick. It doesn't fit, right? After a while, the reality is, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be normal. And Einstein said, and I really love this, you know, that if you tell a fish that he has to climb a tree, that he'll spend his entire life thinking he's a failure. Now, I'm paraphrasing. That's not literally how he said it. But the point was, you could make a fish that's great and amazing and fast and beautiful, like a shark, think that he's a failure because he can't climb a tree. And we all have things like this, not just autistic people. Like We all have things that we can't do. And the minute we try to all fit in the same mold, we have problems. And I feel like people who are neurodivergent, whether it's dyslexia, dysgraphia, autism, ADHD, sensory processing disorder, and the list goes on, are all made to feel like we are somehow less than because we operate differently from others. And many people I've met have thought I was a genius and amazing until they kind of look under the hood and are like, oh my gosh, he's weird, he's crazy, he's stupid, he's insane. Um, you know, just because it doesn't, I don't function the way people think I should. And so all my life, you know, I've felt like a failure because I couldn't do what everyone else does. And so I am now finally, after 40 years of life, reaching a point where I am happy with my me. I'm happy with me, with my body, with my mind, with how I'm wired. I'm learning how to just say, hey, I, I'm not going to give up doing the things I'm trying to do, like work, have a job, be successful, you know, love my family. But my approach is now different. I'm now approaching it understanding that I might need an asymmetrical approach to getting things done instead of trying to just do what quote unquote normal people do, which normal is kind of a dumb thing anyway, because no one's truly normal because we're all different. Anyway, so that's kind of the explanation. So I'm actually going to read it to you again and hopefully hearing it a second time after I've explained a few things, hopefully it might, hopefully it might resonate with you a little bit more. And whether you're neurodivergent or not, think about that area in your life where you have tried to fit in with others. Think about that area in your life that makes you unique. It might be your body. It might be something about how your mind is wired. It might be how you dress or your worldview, or it could be anything that sets you apart from maybe your family, maybe your in-laws, maybe the world around you. And in those moments, especially like the dark side of who you are, that's what I, what I call like the part of your personality that can create problems, right? And it can make you feel like you're worthless or nothing. And it can spawn negative self-talk and self-hatred. And I hope that you can hear this poem and that you too can reach a place where you become happy with your you. All right, so I'm going to read it again. I'm sorry. I damaged your delicate, sensitive pride. I've broken the box that you put me inside. You told me it would be best that I hide. A box you called normals where I should reside. 
I'm sorry. I promise I really did try. And it broke me. I don't get it. You act like my very existence is criminal, can't help I'm unprecedented and original because I cannot see all the subliminal messages that normal people can see. And the world is too bright, loud, and smelly for me. You say that the one who's broken is me. I'm tired of being told I'm the one who's defective. I'm tired of hearing that I am the problem. I can solve them, says the man with a wrench and a big pair of pliers. I'll just reach in his head and pull out a few wires. Rewrite his bad coating and rotate his tires. He hands him a colorful, shiny new flyer that says, if it's normal that you should desire, and different is something that needs to expire, and needing an ally with which to conspire, then I am the guy that your family must hire. After one week with me, he gave up and retired, said my situation is terribly dire. Here is my question. Why am I the one who has to change? Why am I the one in therapy for trauma caused by telling me a fish that I must climb a tree? As Einstein says, that's lunacy. So mind your business, let me be, for I'm quite happy with my me. All right, friends. Um, uh, this is new, this whole, not new, but this whole podcast journey has been stressful because it's very personal stuff now that's coming out. And it's the things that I'm terrified of sharing with others because if you reject this and you're rejecting me, no, I'm just kidding. Reject it. It's fine. Um, anyway, I hope that this was encouraging. I hope this was helpful. Um, all right, I'm going to go, but for now it's time for your next adventure. I'll miss you.